Hello and welcome to a new episode of Pat's Chat, 36th episode. And today, something new. I have for the first time two guests on, on the show. Uh, welcome Marjorie Poon and Jajun Ko. Hello. I hope you guys are doing fine. Thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, quick intro. Um, uh, Marjorie, you're the co-founder and managing director of... Um, uh, DeFi and the deputy CEO and co-founder of Emerge Esports. Uh, JJ, uh, I can call you JJ. You told me before, co-founder and CEO of uh, Emerge, um, uh, gaming, a professional gaming and esports talent management company. We'll focus on that a little bit later. Um, first of all, I, um, I want to know a little bit more about yourself. Um, for Marjorie, we had a we had a quick chat last time already, which was quite interesting. Uh, for JJ, very difficult to find uh, information about you, but this is probably because I am on the wrong platform, LinkedIn only. You're the gamer, uh, but please let me know a little bit more about yourself first. What is your background? Where you coming from? You're uh, both Singaporeans, um, live in Singapore, so please let me know, JJ, a little bit more about yourself. I, I basically used to work uh, sales. So I've been working sales for about five years. I've worked in multiple brands like uh, CDG Capital. I have been playing games since, I don't know, primary school. So I always have a passion for games since young. Yeah. Okay. So, so did you know, like, when you grow up, like, that is what you want, want to do? Like, you just want to um, game for uh, making your living? Uh, I don't think I wanted to game for living. I more wanted to start something. I think that's one of the reasons why we started in Bunch. Okay, interesting. Um, what, what, what was your major? What was your topic in school that, that were your strengths? What, what did you focus uh, I on? Marketing. Sorry, say again? Uh, marketing. Oh, marketing, yeah. So marketing, sales, and then you eventually moved into uh, Emerge? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Uh, for Marjorie, the, the, the story is a bit uh, a different one. Uh, I saw you have a, a diploma in integrated facility management, but also you mentioned you never worked in that, uh, in that area. What, what is the reason for that? Yeah, so uh, for me, while I have a diploma in integrated facility management, um, the only work experience that I really had was my internship internship um why i didn't really pursue it is because there's quite a bit of numbers which i'm not good at that i had to deal with um throughout facility management um, while yes soft skills is part of it all i just didn't foresee myself being um making that a long time career of mine so i'm more interested in you know lifestyle um career like marketing or even like fashion so my first um full-time job uh full-time employment was at a fashion brand i yeah okay i saw that like you had like pharma health and skincare fashion as your background like i saw you toggle around around the job to really find uh what what is good for you what you like but Eventually, you uh, did also uh, marketing and, uh, well, you founded or co-founded um, a, a marketing agency in uh, DeFi, right? Tell, can you tell me, like, uh, what, what is the process you were going through, like, um, being an employee and then um, moving into marketing and starting that company? 
Hmm. So, um, before that, when I was at local startups, it was more on an operational kind of um, scope of work. But eventually, I took an interest in marketing. So, I have uh, worked for marketing positions before the start of um, DeFi. So, um, when I took an interest in that, I also started pursuing my degree in both tourism and events as well as web communications that's under Murdoch University. So um, as I go through my degree and also working at marketing um, marketing positions, then that's also where um, me and my co-founder, we decided to start an integrated communications agency because we were very focused on blockchain and fintech back then. We did come from a blockchain company and we realized that there's a gap in communications between um, you know, the public and also how blockchain and fintech brands would want to reach out to them. So that's where we realized that an agency could come in, people like us would could actually come in to bridge the gap for them. And that's how our first business, DeFi, started. Okay, interesting. That was in uh, back in 2018. And uh, if you move forward a little bit to uh, 2020, like the, the year that no one wants to mention, but for you, uh, a success story uh, emerged. Um, emerged, that's like with Emerge Esports. Uh, you found a company, uh, JJ. How... how uh, did you get involved? I mean, okay, I can understand you're you're the gamer, but how did you connect with uh, Marjorie and the team uh, to start uh, Emerge? Um, me and Roy, Roy is the CEO. We actually been friends since uh, very young. So back then, uh, he approached me and he told me about uh, this gap that they had between uh, the amount of potential for advertising inventories or esports personality then I felt that it was quite true and therefore we started much. Okay, interesting. But you had like a, a, a good job as a sales guy, let me call it like that. And then someone, okay, it's a good friend, come, come to you and said, okay, let's start some new, new business. What, what was the mindset that you have at that point? I mean, was that like a no-brainer easy step for you or was it something like uh, unsure, especially at the time is also un, unsecure? What, what, what was the process you went through um, by joining Emerge? I think for me personally, I, I knew that it wasn't going to be easy. Starting out with a company is definitely not easy. But with uh, the, all the co-founders, all their strength, I believe that we definitely can make something of it. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Yeah, that's interesting to, to see. Uh, Marjorie, you had already, you were working with uh, Roy Keck, is his uh, name, right? Um, in uh, uh, DeFi already, then you moved in or you started a second startup already at the, at a young age, right? Well, um, what was, I mean, did you ever feel like, okay, we're working on one startup, but then we joining a second one. Um, what was that like a, a challenge for you or the idea is like, oh, we might lose focus or was that an easy decision for you to make? Yeah. So I think, um, that what JJ, what JJ has mentioned also is not an easy decision, but what eventually pushed is also, uh, you know, seeing the opportunities that lie in the market. And also, I guess our, our partner Roy is really a very good motivator. 
Um, so yeah, like he really pushes us and he really sells us the idea. He tells us the vision that he has for the company and the dynamics between like us as well as the rest of the team. We all have our own unique strengths. So while I come from a more like, you know, grounded um, kind of character, um, then usually I'm the one who like, you know, snatch back to reality when, when sometimes we can go too far. Um, whereas for like JJ, he's, you know, the gaming person, he also knows, uh, he has been through it, he understands how um, the people, the talents that we bring in, how they would feel. So, with, with all these um, backgrounds and our own unique characters, we all come together and feel like, you know, there's a difference that we can make from there. And yeah, I, I guess it's also, you know, taking a chance for ourselves also in a year where there's not much of a chance, it seems. Yeah, so I guess we really wanted to make, some, make something out, of our, out for ourselves, even when there's nothing. Wow, that's uh, awesome. I, I, I really like the story. And when you say like, there's nothing you, you're referring back to like this uh, really strange year, uh, uh, last year. Um, but obviously, it seemed to be a good year uh, to venture into esports. I, I assume um, esports had a huge growth, uh, especially in last year, I would say, um, because of like all these lockdowns. Um, how, how was it in Singapore? Did you really see like that huge push that, that came like uh, last year, like any of you? Uh, actually, there are several talents that started streaming because of COVID. So I feel that uh, I wouldn't say that the lockdowns, uh, oh, it's, a, it's a help to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I mean, not on. I mean, okay. So there is uh, two ways you can make money, or probably more than that. Uh, but I can imagine um, what I saw really is like, as, as it says, just mentioned, like those guys just streaming how they play, right? Um, for me, that was always fascinating because I could not imagine like how one, how how someone could just watch that. What is fascinating about it? Um, the other one is, of course, like uh, being paid to to game in tournaments um and that also kicked off um we come back to that a little bit later but what is it about this streaming this phenom that people just record or live stream how they play why, why is that such a big thing nowadays i think there's two reasons why people watch uh, streaming so first of all the first reason would be there, there's two types of streamers one would be the professionals so whereby they just play and show their how good they are so some of them will watch and learn how they play. And the second one, it's more about personality. So it can be like you're funny or it can be, uh, let's say you do, you play horror games. So you play when, when you play horror games, your reaction tends to make people laugh. So these are, are different types of entertainment. It's similar to thoughts, I would say. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Good point. So it is, it is entertainment, right? You don't have to be the best player. Well, if you're the best, people want to see it to maybe improve or follow that. If you're not the best player, then probably you have to be just, uh, well, entertaining, funny also. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's interesting. Um, so 
let's move uh, more into this topic, uh, also what you're doing. So I tried to figure out all the games uh, that are existing uh, nowadays. Um, I'm, I'm really like, uh, well, all around with, with all the, the things that are out there. Uh, maybe JJ, what is your favorites or what are you playing? I, I wouldn't say I have a favorite, for sure. Uh, but I myself, I, I used to play a lot of PC games. But uh, after starting up Emerge, there isn't much time to play. But I still play games once in a while. Now more towards mobile games, because it's more convenient. So I play myself a mobile legend. Uh, it's also a team that we have under Kingsman. Yeah. So that's the only game I play now. Okay, uh, Marjorie, what is it for you? Uh, I do play several games. I can, uh, to be honest, I can never really catch up with PC games. <clears throat> so when mobile games are available, it's much more. Uh, it lessens the the level of entry for me. So these days, I do play a variety. I I am catching back up on Mobile Legends and I'm also playing Brawl Stars and also other farming games like Dragonville. So yeah, I, I do I, I cannot focus on one game, so I tend to jump around to try out different things. Okay, interesting. Um, so I, I uh, tried, of course, to, to read a little bit more about uh, Mobile Legends, uh, the short name MLBB, uh, uh, if, I'm, if I'm correct here. Uh, what, what is, what is uh, the, the thing that is fascinating about that game? What, what, what keeps people playing it? And also what keeps people watching when, when someone streams it? I think for me, uh, what's fascinating about the game is, so first of all, I think a lot of people play mobile games, what they want is uh, convenience. So uh, a mobile legend game, one game takes about 10 to 15 minutes, whereas let's say the PC version of it is Dota, one game takes about one hour. So the difference in time, and then also why people keep playing it is due to the developer constantly updating different content, different characters for them to play. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Interesting. And I read like um, just that I get some idea of of that. Also, the 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 audience here. Um, there is a a professional league that just started in Singapore. It's called the MPL, so the MLBB Professional League in in uh, Singapore. I read the prize money is up to one hundred thousand Singapore dollar. That that is yeah. like. A, an insane amount but how does this like really come together um i think that's like where your company merch also come in uh, can you explain a little bit how 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 is it so much money around in this um esports uh, industry for me, for me personally uh for esports wise it used to be more uh, i would say mature in the western side for southeast asia i still i think it's still at its uh, infancy stage but it's still growing we can see that there's multiple con competition coming in for example, uh, Mobile Legend, they previously have their uh, the Worlds here at M2. They also had a One Esports Dota Major in Singapore as well. Mm -hmm. So I think all these are making brands, uh, not only esports brands coming in to sponsor, also brands like uh, Dumi, also brands like non-esports brands coming in to sponsor. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, Marjorie, please. Yeah. 
Yeah, to add on here, it also goes back to the entertainment value that JJ is talking about. So as more people, uh, uh, as more people are being entertained by you know um, the esports content, then that's also where you know it benefits sponsors, it benefits brands to also come in and you know support the industry and also the teams, the players. So yeah, I guess that's also indicative of why we see like increasing price pools. That's also because uh you know to attract of course to attract um good teams, good players to come in, but of course it's also because there's a much um larger support pool for the industry in a whole as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean basically you're right, uh, JJ. I mean, uh, what what surprised me is like the there's some Western tournaments uh, where where the prize money is in the millions, right? It's it's crazy. But but what was um, surprising to me is like uh, we can put it the other way around. I mean, for me, when I when I hear about gaming, right, I think always like the Asians are more crazy about gaming, right? I mean, you see like the the Chinese, the Korean, the Japanese, even when I was there uh, even 20 years ago, they were all crazy about games and gaming already. But why why is it, uh, it seems that in Asia, it's it's still a little bit behind than to, to Western countries or in the Western. Um, why is it only now coming? Where, where was that gap or where was like the, the missing uh, dots in, in, in making well, the price money is also higher in Asia? I think for me, I, I personally feel that uh, back then when, yes, Asia, they, they tend to play a lot more games, but I think for Asian parents, they are a bit more stricter. So in some sense, they will feel that gaming isn't a career. So I feel that now the, the, it's getting more and more modern, whereby you can see there's more and more tractions for these sports. Therefore, I feel that more and more parents are more... See as a, a potential, potential career. career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. it becomes like a... An accepted profession, right? It's like now nowadays you really can make your living from uh, being a professional player, right? Yes, and I also think that it goes back. It still goes back to individual and how you know brands like us manage um, the schedules for our players as well. It's also important um, for you know to to emphasize that education as well as career can always come hand in hand. So, yeah, we do think that, yes, while it is a potential career path, there is a certain like, education level, especially in Singapore, that we still strive towards and we encourage our players to strive towards. So even though like, our players are playing professionally, professionally, they are competing, some of them are also still pursuing their studies. So yes, it's okay. achievable in that sense where you build your career, but you also have your education to back you up. Mm-hmm. Okay, very important point. I had that on my list of questions. Uh, basically, we can we can dig quickly into that. You you already mentioned it a little bit. Um, now it, it it especially for young kids, right? It it seems very interesting, right? So they see all these uh, guys on YouTube on uh, whatever platform they're using. Uh, these players making really a lot of money, and uh, they tend to just forget, right? That um, it it is not like 
millions of players around the world, right, that make that much money from it. Also the influencers, let's say, there's only a few of them that really make the big money that you can also make a living from it. But um, okay, besides like letting them know uh, they should that they should finish first their education, right? What what is like the the support you're offering, or what what is your take on this when you talk to young kids that are still in education when they say like, oh, I want to become a, a professional player? I think becoming a professional player, be it professional player or streamer, right? it's never a, a easy thing. Like I just want to play a game and make it my career. There's a common misunderstanding uh, whereby people think that. They just come in and they stream and they can earn money. It's not that easy in some sense whereby there's a lot of uh, dedication that you have to put in. So like the different type of contents that you have to come up with, the consistency and also uh, how people will receive it. So we will always recommend uh, people, young kids, uh, to, to focus on their studies first. Uh, you, you still can play games, you still can stream, but that can be a hobby first because mm. doesn't necessarily you have to stream 24 hours a day. You still can study and then stream. Like what Marsh mentioned that uh, out of all competitive players, actually most of them are still schooling. So what uh, we manage is actually we manage their schedule properly whereby they, they, they have their training time, their studying time so that they, they can focus on both sides at once. Mm -hmm. okay interesting thanks thanks a lot for for this jj i think it's an important message um let's uh, move more into emerge and you you mentioned some of the stuff already that you're doing but maybe can you give like a rough overview like how that really works how can you bring like these sponsors together with um i don't know how you call it esports e gamers or gamers influencers um let me know a little bit more how how does your platform or your company really work uh, so basically what we do is uh, we manage the advertising inventories. So uh, we manage multiple, uh, we, we have four main focus. So we manage on teams. So we manage teams like uh, Kingsman is one of them, which is our current team. We also uh, actually partner up with Brandy Sports as well as uh, LGD and Ehome. And uh, a female team in Singapore uh, called Asterix. So, uh, we also manage uh, in, in leagues as well. So we manage leagues like uh, FSL, it's a female league in Singapore. So what we do is we get sponsors for them using their uh, advertising inventories. So uh, there's a lot of uh, thing whereby people don't understand it. So, so let's say you, you do a billboard. Uh, what's the ROI you can get out of it? Nobody really knows how many people look at your signboard. So what is the difference between us and the, the traditional marketing is that we do uh, that's ROI for you guys. By that, you can see how many people have view, how many people click it through it. That's the, the difference between us and the traditional marketing. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Um, I, I saw on the list of like the sponsors you're bringing in, um, some of them really, really big. Uh, among those also Red Bull. I saw that that's probably for, well, for Westerns, maybe the most uh, famous or interesting one. Um, what is it for for Red Bull uh, to to move into? Well, I can imagine to move into the Asian market. Still a lot to to develop. Um, what what is your connection with them in in Singapore specifically? Uh, for Red Bull, we do uh, product sponsor. Mm -hmm. So what uh, we actually have a talent kit for all the talents that actually sign with us. So inside, there's a Red Bull package. It's actually the the energy pack. 
So actually, I think Red Bull itself, they themselves have been quite into esports for now. Mm-hmm. They actually have sponsored multiple teams in Southeast Asia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Uh, very, very interesting. I, uh, I have to say, um, I saw also uh, that was for me uh, quite interesting. Also, um, but that goes into more in DeFi. Also, um, you, you have. Um, um one one championship as one of the customer you did some uh, promotion with them um and interesting just recently you were nominated for a lot of um uh awards right pr awards um for both companies i think emerge won um the best use of micro and niche influencers um yeah. Can you let me know a little bit more why this one is an important one for you? Um, congratulations, first of all. I, I think that's a great achievement. How is that important for, for the company? Okay, so I think um, DeFi and coming on as you know the agency who actually manage the PR, the campaign of um, Emerge Esports launch, uh, that's a PR Awards is a known like industry award. So getting something from there amongst that so many submissions and also with um big names uh, who are already in the industry for so long, it means a lot to us as a boutique agency in Singapore for Spotify. So yeah, it's definitely a very good recognition to the work that we are doing. For Image and definitely then, you know, there's the recognition that when we launch the brand, people are actually looking at it. People actually identify with our influencers because the influencers that we are using are also the people that we work with. So it's definitely recognition on both ends that you know the, the work that we are doing as a communications agency has gone well. And also for an esports brand, you know, our ideal works the in the power of our influencers, our talents, it works. So I guess it's a, it's a statement to show brands, to show um, companies, etc. that, you know, um, there's the market for both um, esports as well as on DeFi and as an agency, we know how, we have the know-how to communicate your brand effectively. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot for that. Um, when we look at two into uh, potential sponsors, right? What what is your ideal recommendation? Who who is the ideal company uh, that should reach out to you to sponsor these uh, events or even players and influencers? What 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 kind of customers or industry are you looking into? I think uh, there's normally the, the usual sponsors are more of the esports product whether it's like Razer, Logitech. But we're actually looking at more brands that are non-esports, for example, F&B brands. Uh, therefore, we, have, uh, we actually did a campaign, which is what much mentioned, to let uh, other brands out there to understand more about esports marketing. Yeah. So the, the brands we're looking at is actually more than esports companies. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Uh, great. I uh, will put up the contact details so they can get in contact with you uh, for uh, if they're interested. Um, we, we talked a lot, a lot about the, the esports also. I, I saw on your page of the, of the uh, people you represent, but also a lot of uh, influencers like YouTube and IG. Um, 
how can I call it stars? Um, how how does this develop? I mean, what wh why does it go under esports, or is it just something that you figure out? Like in the end, it's all more or less the same. It's all about e uh, this electronic way, and uh, the promotion of like these kind of influencers is is still the same. I think they are almost the same. The only difference is one playing games, one who don't play games. Yeah. So I think, like, honestly, even those big YouTube stars that you've mentioned, most of them, everybody play games. Most, mostly everybody play games. So I feel that anybody can play games. So I think there isn't a difference between an esports personality and a, and a normal personality. Mm -hmm. Okay, very interesting. Thank you very much for that. Um, what is the next big thing? What is ongoing in uh, eMERGE uh, that we should know about? Uh, okay, so for eMERGE eSports, we are actually uh, hosting a Kingsman Takeover campaign at the moment. So we have actually worked very hard to push this through with um, brands like Tuk Tuk Cha, um, Sukiya, um, Jimbox, and other brands who actually you would see are not all esports brands. So that is a statement to make also that, you know, um, we can, the esports community is huge. And to be honest, the lines where esports community lie is blur these days. That what um, JJ has mentioned about, you know, the, the difference between esports personalities versus without the esports title is actually not that much of a difference. There are talents who, you know, play games like even Animal Crossing. That was a big game in 2020, right? So even, even that is kind of still part of esports. It's still part of the entire gaming um, phenomenon that we see. So yeah, we are pushing out this campaign to make that um, statement, but also at the same time with, you know, our Kingsman teams for Valorant, um, MLBB, going through all the competitions, all the tournaments. At the same time, we also want to reward um, the fans who have been supporting them with all the discounts and promotions that we are launching and we have um, worked with the brands to push through. So yeah, it's also a way for us to say thank you to all the fans who have supported us since day one. Oh, that's cool. Great. Awesome. Uh, really enjoyed that. Uh, let's, let's come back for the final uh, question here a little bit to the entrepreneurship. Um, I think, uh, as I mentioned before, really, really young entrepreneurs. Um, maybe I start with Marjorie first because you have like the experience of two startups already. Um, what is uh, the one thing that you, you, when you're thinking back, it's like, okay, it's a, it's a great journey so far something that you would have uh, done differently in the past where you figured out, oh, um, now with the experience that you have, we could have done this better right from the start. Mm. To be honest, um, yes, I have been asked this question a few times uh, and I have reflected, you know, on my entire journey. But honestly, I don't think there's anything much that I would change or do differently because every mistake or every success actually shape us to becoming better leaders. And also we learn from every step that we take. And I sometimes I 
uh, some of the things that we do, I really think that we could only learn when we go through it. So it's also hard to say like, you know, at which point we would, you know, want to change anything. But of course, like in terms of um, as a leader or as a person, like personally, I would want to let it go more. So really to, you know, just be all out and step out of my comfort zone entirely because I do felt that I did hold back at times. So yeah, I think if there's only that one thing that I'll change, it would be that kind of mindset. But um, yeah, otherwise I wouldn't really want to change my journey as an entrepreneur as well. Awesome. That, that is really great to hear. Uh, JJ, for you, maybe the question, uh, what was the thing that really changed most for you personally becoming an entrepreneur, being a salesman or like an employee before? I think for me, my favorite phrase would be from one of my co-founder, Roy, the CEO. So he, he always say this, it's, a, it's more than just a job, it's a calling. So I feel that uh, there's a lot of uh, things that I want to go through. Uh, entrepreneurship is something that I've never been through. So, uh, so far, I think it's, it's good. It's awesome. A lot of uh, opportunities, a lot of uh, knowledge. But it's also a thing whereby it trains you yourself a lot as a person in terms of uh, self-motivation and also uh, perseverance. Yeah, so it's not easy, but I enjoy it so far. That's also great to hear. Thank you so much uh, for sharing this uh, to both of you. Uh, I learned a lot about the esports industry today. Uh, again, thank you very much uh, for your time and sharing your experience and your knowledge uh, with us today. Thank you for having us as well. We had a good time sharing our story. Thank you very much. And uh, thanks to the audience for uh, watching and listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And then I see you for an, a new episode next week on Pat's Chat. Thank you very much and have a great day. Bye. Thank you.